0: Welcome in. Cube Show Podcast, a college football podcast that comes to you on Sundays because we need more college football on Sunday. Saving this one for Monday, uh, LSU Florida State just ended. I'm in my hotel room in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'll be coming to Charlotte on Sundays because we've got Read and React, myself, Roman Harper, a film review show on the SEC network, 6 p.m. Central on Monday nights. So we'll go back through all of this again and we'll have some film to show you guys. And it's going to be cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. But this podcast centrals around the film study that I put in on Sundays and what I see from every SEC team. This one, because of the LSU game pushed back a little bit. And then obviously so many non-conference games. I'll be honest with you guys. It was tough for me to get through it today. Uh, I had to fly to Charlotte, uh, woke up because I drove home from Tuscaloosa last night to Birmingham, uh, but anyway, it's been a fun weekend, a lot of ball, a lot that we got to get into. So this is what we do. We take the film that we've seen. I tell you what I've got from it, and I just let you know what I saw and kind of how I think things played out. Uh, there'll be some good, some bad, some ugly, but mostly it's going to be good for SEC teams this weekend, even though a couple went down. Uh, the biggest games of the weekend, obviously – Teams didn't look so great. We'll get into those. You know, we're brought to you by Wickles Pickles each and every week. Wickedly delicious. You can put them in your salads. You can put them on sandwiches, burgers, have them for appetizers. They've got wonderful, wonderful ideas for different concoctions that you can use these pickles to make things with up at their Instagram. Go check out those recipes now at Wickles Pickles. Wickles.com. You can go order them. They'll drop ship them to you. Title sponsor of the show. We always appreciate them. Thank you so much, Wickles Pickles, for being a part of the show. Uh, I want to start where I was in Tuscaloosa over the weekend. Pretty cool to just be there, see practice on Thursday, talk to Coach Saban a little bit. Um, I'll give you guys a funny Coach Saban story from Thursday at practice. Uh, he and I have had this back and forth about him never going down to watch the offensive line in practice, and he gives me a hard time for never coming to watch the DBs. So on Thursdays, they cranked the volume up. It's like crowd noise, really loud. You can't talk to the person next to you. And it's for the majority of practice. So he's always very nice and comes over and says hello to us after practice. He's like, hey, Cole, what's up? He shakes my hand and said, I didn't see you down with the O-line. I said, "Uh, I guess that that hadn't really changed this year, even though you're expecting that group to be pretty good. And he's like, well, I didn't see you down with the DBs. I said, no, no, I I walked down there. I said, I, I couldn't hear anything, you know. Uh, Cause all the crowd noise or whatever, so I don't know if you were coaching him up, making them any better or not. And he goes, "Yeah, we do that on purpose when you come here. We get that noise cranked up because you know you're double agent ass in here uh, trying to spy on us and see what's going on." And he gives me this like this big grin, and he walks away, and like everybody's just dying laughing. But it's uh, it's funny because he he has a much better sense of humor than a lot of people would believe, and it was actually pretty cool the way they did that, and uh, we all got a good laugh out of it. But uh, get, getting to see that team up close and personal, you guys have know I've been teasing a couple of things about that offensive line first off three guys over 350 pounds i've asked almost every offensive line coach that i know uh i've asked my guys on the joe moore award i've texted my offensive line group i've texted and called other guys that played offensive line in college in the nfl no one can give me a group definitively that had three starters that were each over 350 pounds. Tyler Booker, Caden Proctor, J.C. Latham. Alabama's going to have that. Some people told me like the 18-19 Minnesota, the 13-14 Arkansas groups, a couple old Utah groups. Maybe I went and looked, and I couldn't find any. Um, There was a couple with maybe one over 350. I didn't even really find another one with two over 350. So this is going to be a big, bad physical offensive line. Did they dominate the way that I thought they would? No. But uh, I do think that they showed some signs of being that kind of a group, Uh, which sidebar um, Caden Proctor shows up at like three sixty and he jumps up to, I think, three over three eighty. And it was funny because um, Alabama's nutritionist told me she said, we call him a super responder Uh, and he got in the weight room. Uh, with coach blue and just started, I mean, immediately putting on muscle mass and blowing up. And then obviously their nutrition program, she's like, so we had to back off of a couple of things there, but I thought super responder was hilarious. Cause I've never heard that. Um, I would apply that to myself with pizza and Mexican food. Um, because my body responds in a super way of actually putting weight on in a different manner, but nonetheless, um, he looked pretty good. He got knocked on his ass one time. It's okay. He's a true freshman. It's going to happen. The kid turned 18 in June. Uh, he's going to make some mistakes. But to be 369 pounds and be able to move the way that he does, use his hands the way that he does, he's very advanced for a true freshman tackle. He'll keep coming along, and he's going to have good tight end help with him. Uh, they like C.J. Dupree. Uh, they, uh, Amari Black. you saw the touchdown pass that he had. Nine Black, by the way, has run 21.8 on the GPS. That's miles per hour if you're keeping up at home, which is trucking for a tight end. Um, So they've got Danny, who's done some good things. And then obviously Robbie Uts. So I got a good group of tight ends are going to be able to utilize to be able to help them. And I think having a mobile quarterback helps also because you can have design draws, design cue runs, which are going to keep those edge defenders at bay. Uh, over to J.C. Latham, though, some of these strength numbers, you guys, are just insane. J.C. Latham benches 505 for two. 505 pounds twice. As somebody who had the strongest bench on the Auburn football team that was around that, I can tell you that's pretty scary. He squatted 900 pounds with resistance bands on because they couldn't get any more plates on the bar. J.C. Latham is going to shred the NFL combine, and I think he's going to have a hell of a year. Uh, but that group, they're going to go as far as that group takes them, I think. Um, you know, there's a lot of excitement. I think the guys in the facility, like being there, being around it, I think the team has a new energy, a new life. I think the coaching staff has a new life. Uh, Tommy Reese told me, he said, man, this is the best coaching staff I've ever been a part of. So I thought it was pretty cool to hear him say that. He's been on some pretty good coaching staffs and gives you an idea kind of what they're dealing with with some of the assistants. Uh, There was a pretty good buzz on campus. I mean, I think a lot of folks there believe that this can be a pretty good season. A lot of folks, a lot of the fans, not players, coaches, fans looking ahead to next weekend. We went to Chuck's Fish. Uh, Friday night for dinner. Fantastic. Always good. Uh, and the people of Tuscaloosa just always treat us great, man. Whether it's Chris Stewart and the radio guys, whether it's Josh Maxson, and the SID, the sports information people, even Jeff Allen and, and the, the medical staff are always just great. Everybody, Coach Saban, they're all wonderful to us. And that's why we love going there because you just learn so much about how they do things. Coach Ballou was showing us this camera system that they have that they use for their players are the only place. And by the way, they have two weight machines that they're the only place in the country that has, they have a standing bench press and some other gimmick that does balance something, whatever. Uh, But they have this camera system with these four cameras and this landing pad and this walking pad where they can like measure your gait digitally. So essentially you think about the Madden and everything, when you put all the little balls on and you do that, it's very similar to that, but it measures the force of everything that you're doing. So your gait, when you're walking, if there's too much force going to the left or when you, when you jump off of a, of a box and you land, if there's too much force on your quads and your anterior chain instead of your posterior chain, then they know they need to train you in a different way than the next guy to you that maybe lands in a different way. It's all for injury prevention. There's only two hospitals in the country that have this deal and they have it there in the weight room in Alabama. It's completely sick, but it's insane. On to the game. I know, you know, guys don't want to hear about everything happening behind the scenes at Alabama, but it was just, it was some cool stuff that I wanted to share with you that I got. Um, and I can do a little bit more of that later on another day. Uh, Milrow goes 13 of 18, three touchdowns, no picks. Uh, had the one fumbled snap, runs around, gets the touchdown. Completely ridiculous. Uh, like I said in the broadcast, I mean, the last quarterback that was doing those kind of things into that end zone, Netflix made a documentary out of him, and he's got a Heisman Trophy. So... Um, I thought Milrow looked good. I thought he did some good things. Did he miss some checks? Yeah, he told me after the game. He's like, there's some things that I missed that I need to clean up, some things I didn't see or recognize as quickly as I needed to. But seven carries, 48 yards rushing. He showed how he can get you out of trouble. I thought Alabama showed good dedication to the quarterback run game, and not just with him, but when Tyler Buckner came in, when Ty Simpson came in, they stuck with it, and they had that. So Tommy Reese has that built in to that offense. I don't think that offense showed a whole lot. I think it was fairly ordinary, fairly plain. The one pass that I really liked from Milrow was the little floater to Nye Black because one, he could not see an open receiver at the time that he threw it. So that's anticipation and trust to understand, Hey, and put this up there, and I believe there was a corner off to the side where, if he's in zone coverage, could have come and taken that ball away. So he he stalls, he waits, and he floats. He throws some good touch on that pass, which is something we've all been curious: does he have, or can he develop? Will he have enough of? And I thought that was also a real positive for him. So it was. Um, I thought that was something. And obviously, he can sling the deep ball. I mean, he's got a huge arm. He can fit it in if he needs to. So I think they've got a great stable of backs. We mentioned the tight ends. Kendrick Law is a receiver to watch down the road. I think he's a guy that can help him out. Isaiah Bond will be the big play guy that they want to try to use down the field with some quick stuff. Um, But they want to lean on that offensive line. And I think that group will probably dictate how far that offense can go. Uh, It was interesting that Buckner was the number two quarterback. They told us that in meetings that he would be the second one out. So take from that what you will about Ty Simpson defensively. So Jaheim Otis was 417.6 pounds when he arrived on campus. He's down to 308. So he'll move out to end a little bit, be able to help a little bit more outside. Uh Tim Keenan doing some good things inside. Amy Bragg, by the way, Alabama's nutritionist, gives me all this information. She is phenomenal, and they're very fortunate to have her. Uh, she does an amazing job. Um, they're waiting on Tim Smith to come on a little bit. They need another sort of interior defensive lineman to be able to wreak some havoc and create some problems inside. But I will say this, a Boyd out at end and then Dallas Turner on the outside. He's going to be a problem this year. Uh, you saw also a little bit of Braswell, who also has an 850 squad, by the way. Um, he's going to be a problem on the outside. I talked to a couple guys on the staff about Turner and, and they just raved about his athleticism. They, they said if he needed to play off the ball linebacker right now, he could do it. He could absolutely do it. He could handle himself in coverage. He could get sideline to sideline, but he has that pass rush ability and that twitch that they need up front. So they're going to use him there. Uh, but I do think Quandreis Robinson showed a couple of things. He's somebody that I kind of want to see come on. I think he could. I think he could help that group. Uh, Jihad Campbell didn't go, didn't play, but Coach Saban told us he's someone that could help them off the edge as well as being an off-the-ball linebacker when he gets back and he's healthy. Uh, Keanu Koot did a couple of things that, that showed us, and he's somebody they think may be able to help him down the road just a little bit. Trez Marshall, more of the brains of the operation, just understands the scheme, the system, just solid, just very solid across the board, not great in space, not super athletic. like the guy next to him, Deontay Lawson, who I think is going to have a breakout year. I think he's going to have a massive season. I think he's going to have a huge year, fast, twitchy, speed, power mentality, and apparently now can can dictate and communicate the entire defense, which is what you have to have in that defense. So Kevin still raved about him. Saban raved about him. T-Rob raved about him. I'm excited to watch him this year. He made a bunch of plays Saturday night. The leadership apparently has been top-notch from him all the way down. Also raved about Caleb Downs and his maturity. and All all he wants to do is get better at football. This is the true freshman safety number two that Alabama has. T-Rob told me about he's got a Rubik's Cube at his house and his kids can never solve it and they don't know what they're doing and this and that. And then all of a sudden, their kids' kids, a bunch of players are over there and his kid runs in there after like three minutes and hands it to him and it's solved. And he said, sure enough, it was Caleb that had done it. Just like, blah, blah, blah. And he had never seen it before. Didn't know what it was. Uh, But I love the flexibility they have. In that secondary, Jalen Key had a pick, the UAB transfer. They actually, T-Rob and Coach Steele said his coverage skills are fantastic. Uh, So he'll play free safety. Malachi could play safety or star. He's a guy that they told me is farther enough along that he's not really better at either. He just understands all of it. Uh, Terry on Arnold, T-Rob had great things to say about him. Told me that he thinks he'll be the best corner in the country one day. But he played a lot of different positions in high school. He's still learning it. Got a little ways to go. You got Kool-Aid. Obviously, we know what he is. They worked a lot on his hands this offseason, taped his fingers, did some different things with his feet to try to help him not be as grabby. Um, and he looks like he's going to have a massive season. The problem with all of this is the next wave defensively. There's just not a lot of developed depth right now at Alabama. So these guys have got to stay healthy. If this defense is going to be elite, it's going to be great. I think it has a chance to be. Uh, but that's kind of where it is and where they are. Apparently the message from coach Saban this off season was much more directed at whipping the guy in front of you and dominating the guy in front of you, as opposed to how to win a championship. That's just kind of some of what I got out of Tuscaloosa this weekend. Great trip. Enjoyed it. And I look forward to going back. My crew will be in Starkville this weekend for Mississippi state, Arizona. Um, You guys also know we're always brought to you by Blakely's bouquets. There were some upsets this weekend in college football. Why don't you troll your rival? If they lost, send them some flowers, 205-579-4900. You can hit up Blakely's Bouquets. Uh, Same day delivery in Jefferson County and Shelby County right there in Birmingham. Local and regional events, they can handle those for you. So if it's a funeral, if it's a wedding, if it's a birthday, if it's a holiday, Blakely's Bouquets.com. They can help you out, get you delivered all around the Birmingham metro area. They will help you with everything you need from floral arrangements. They do an amazing job. They've helped me with balloons, everything that you might want or need. They can help and they're great. Great people, college football fans. Head into Blakely's right there on Oxmoor Road. If you're in Birmingham, if you're in Homewood, right there in the Edgewood area. Tell them you heard about them here on the show. 205 579 dot com. All right. Um We'll go back to Thursday night, uh, Florida, Utah, ugly game for the Gators. Really no way about it. I don't know another way to say it. Uh, you struggle in the red zone the way that you did. You have penalties, false starts in the red zone. You have illegal formation on a third down that you actually convert. You have two guys with the same number in on special teams. Just things like that can't happen. That's that's organizational. That's understanding. Uh, that's maturity. That's just game readiness. That's preparation. And, and that wasn't where it needed to be. Uh, all those things. I mean, you had a tip pass off a shoulder pad that goes for an interception that didn't lead to a touchdown. So there's a lot of things that did not go their way. I'm not going to throw in the towel just yet. With everything that we say, just remember it's week one. Except for Vanderbilt, it was week two for them technically. Uh, they outgained Utah three forty six to two seventy. Um, so I, I mean, I just listen you had nine flags you lost the turnover battle with all the other things that i said you go one of 13 on third down you're not going to win that game uh when all those things happen you're not going to win um, i did think that not having kingsley in at center hurt um, um you know we we talked about having the backup in Thought Jake Slaughter was going to be okay. It wasn't okay. And I'm going to go a little further with Florida pass protection now. And this is going a little bit nerdy, a little bit deep X's and O's. So I apologize for that. And this actually is not just applicable to Florida. I'm going to say this from kind of a college football perspective. You guys got to stick with me here. There's something called slide protection. And it's basically when the entire offensive line takes one step left or one step right. If you go to the right, your back will go to the left. So the back kind of has hot. So he'll take either the man on the line of scrimmage or he'll scan out. The offensive line just goes one gap to the right. Now, this can get tricky because if there's nobody in your gap you're going to, you can stay home and you can kind of post and use your eyes to cover that gap. If somebody wraps back inside, if you're not watching on YouTube, I apologize because I know this is probably difficult to visualize, but I'm going to try to explain it in a very simple way, the easiest way that I can. Now, if you jump your gap, and you get too far over, and then somebody comes back in the gap that you left, and that offensive lineman is supposed to be coming with you, doesn't fully come with you because he doesn't know you're jumping over, that can also be problematic. One other thing that's happening is, see here, these defensive coordinators are smarting up this shit. They know that guys are not going to rely on their offensive lines to just man people up and just go out there and block. Not a lot of folks have confidence in that anymore. So you have half slides, you have quarter slides, three-quarter slides, you have full slide protection where center left will slide, guard left will slide and you'll lock with the tackle or then the tackle and everybody will go. There are multiple ways to do this. Well, by blitzing at the back, what do you think that does? The back's going to go to that side and the back's not always going to come across protection. They'll usually just stay. Well, if you blitz at the back, and he's hot and he's got a scan and there's two guys coming. well, first off, he probably ain't picking up one because it's a running back and then he's pr- definitely not picking up two. So that's a problem. Also delayed trigger blitzes, green dogs. You'll hear some people call them when they see the back stay in or a tight end, stay in and that slide protection, then they wrap and they go. Well, it's difficult to retrace in slide protection because technically your assignment is one step to the right or to the left. Well, if they know And it's predetermined where they think you're going to go. These D coordinators are telling those guys, when you see tight end wrap and go. So it becomes sort of gap replacement defense, if you will. Defensive linemen will slant and then the linebackers will replace back. And you're most likely not going to have all those gaps covered because you're going to be helping with the D lineman somewhere. Somebody new is coming into your gap. You got to squeeze back down or you went too far. The guards got to make up some room. All I'm trying to say is i bet about 90% of what Florida did was slide protection, gap protection and pull protection, which is play action protection where you're pulling a guard and putting them out there in space on their own, which I also don't really like that much. None of that is great if the run game's not working. And I thought the lack of dedication to the run game was disappointing. Montreal Johnson had what three carries for six yards. And I'm, Florida is a full zone-based run scheme, and then they gap you off that. You don't have to dominate people. You don't have to move people to make that go. It can get there, but you have to be committed to it, and I thought they got away from it a little bit too early in that game. I thought Ricky Pearsall did some nice things. Some of the younger receivers, uh, Burke and Wilson, did some nice things, but that run game has to go for that offense to be effective. They're not going to sit there and just pick you apart. Yes, Merch had 333. Okay, that's great, but – That's not who they are. And if they're not balanced, it's not going to be effective enough to go out there and win games. Those were – listen, you had a DB that slipped and fell on the first play. The same DB, I believe, slipped and fell on the Q run when the backup quarterback comes in. I'm not going to get mad about those things. This guy's being aggressive, trying to make a play. You give something up. I thought the defense settled down and did okay second half. But I'll say this. There's not a lot of twitch up front on that defense. Like Shamar James did some good things. Caleb Banks flashed a little bit at times they need more Twitch. They're going to have to create some pass rush somehow, some way, because I don't think they have a lot of individuals that are going to be able to get it on their own. Just kind of what I saw from that Florida defense. So listen, it's, it's, there's still a lot of football left to play. It's a difficult schedule. It's a very good football team you played. I know they had their backup quarterback, but it's still a really good team that you played. Blue Delta Jeans are really good denim. Very good denim. The best denim I've ever owned. Uh, when you watch the show tomorrow night, you'll see me wearing Blue Delta Jeans. Go to BlueDeltaJeans.com. You can find out what they can do to you. Custom fit denim for you. So they're not going to be too baggy in the hips. There's not going to be too long. Not going to be too much room in the crotch. BlueDeltaGenes.com. Go figure out how to get a gift certificate for the man in your life or for yourself or if you go to Oxford like I am in two weeks you can stop by there see Nick and the guys get yourself fitted and get a pair for yourself for more information find out how to get the best denim you'll ever own at BlueDeltaJeans.com right, uh, Missouri handles South Dakota 35-10 to love seeing Luther Burden down the slot created some things for him thought that was really nice the way they handled that Uh, Cody Schrader and Nathaniel Peep thought the backs looked good the offensive line looked pretty good remember they moved a lot of bodies around so it was a good job of being able to handle a lot of the movement and different things. thought Johnny Walker looked great on defense. That defensive line was disrupted. The front seven is going to be a problem. Here's the thing. We're not going to learn a ton from this game. That was a bad football team a year ago, but Missouri handled their business. They handled things the way that they were supposed to. I think they have their answer at quarterback. For me, Brady Cook's the guy. And I know we didn't see a ton of Sam Horn, so maybe you can't fully make your decision yet, but... Brady Cook's got the mobility. I thought he looked more accurate on the deep ball. I thought he looked a little bit more poised. I thought his timing looked a little bit better. Small sample size. I get it. But he has carried that from the offseason into a game, and I feel like that's something you have to have some confidence in. So it ramps up quick for Mizzou, but felt pretty good about a lot of what we saw from that Missouri football team Thursday night. Um, we'll get into some of the other games on Saturday. Georgia takes down UT Martin 48-7. to seven. I know apparently some folks are freaking out about this. They didn't think it was good enough. They're not happy about it. Carson Beck goes for 294. They didn't show a lot offensively. They didn't do a lot of different things offensively. I actually thought Kendall men ran the ball. Well, I thought it looked really good running the football. I thought Brock Bowers blocked. Well, I thought Oscar dealt blocked Well, um, you know, I, th- I thought that there was a lot of movement up front on defense. This is what happens when you play these smaller schools. They don't play you straight up. So they play very high risk on defense. Guys slant, they gap replace, they do run stunts, different things. It's tough for the offensive line to get a good feel for how things are going to play out. Should that group be dominant? Yes. Will it be dominant? Most likely. Probably. Maybe it wasn't dominant in this game to the extent that it needed to be. Okay, fine. You still dominate your opponent and handled your business. I'm not mad about anything that Georgia did or anything that Georgia had. I thought defense looked spectacular. Tyke Smith, I thought looked great at safety, star. And I think the secondary is still going to be the strength of that football team. They did enough for me up front. Ernest Green had a couple of big blocks on offense. So there were enough things. I like how they got Brock involved early. But you're not going to come out and deal your entire hand offensively if you're Mike Bobo against UT Martin. There's no reason to do that. So I came away with no issues. And, you know, we I don't know if we're really going to find out about Georgia, but one day we will. And we'll figure that out then. Tennessee, Virginia. Uh, Tennessee gets off to a little bit of a slow start in this game, but... They hammer Virginia. This is still a pretty nice win. I know Virginia wasn't great last year. It's an ACC team, though. They did get a little bit of help in in the portal. And you go out and handle your business exactly the way that you're supposed to. The receiver room, as advertised. Keaton, White, McCoy, Thornton, fantastic. 287 rushing yards. You're dominant on the ground. 10th game. Under Josh Hypel, that Tennessee's gone over 250 yards rushing. So that's 10 out of 26, I believe, that he's gone over 250 yards rushing. Just shows you that they can be balanced. They can be dominant on the ground when they need to. Um, Jalen Wright looks like the guy at tailback. He was dynamic. Uh, left tackle, John Campbell. If you haven't seen the clip that I tweeted out, at Cole Kublick, you need to go check that out. Um, he almost took a guy up the exit ramp. I mean – And he's not even, he doesn't even have the defender out of bounds and his teammates are celebrating the touchdown and he takes him like another 15 yards out of bounds. It is the block of the year, most likely. I just don't know if anybody's going to be able to top it. Incredible. He was fantastic. The problem is, Mincy was also very good behind him. So how we can't figure out the situation to get our best five on the field and have Minton go to right is still sort of beyond me. Um, Spragans did some nice things in the game. Now you had a couple of backups, Ollie Lane went at center a little bit. They rotated guys in and out, which is good. Uh, but I thought the, I thought the the guys who came in and had to hold down center did a pretty good job. Uh, that's an active defensive line. They tried to do some different things. So I just thought all in all it was a very impressive performance by Tennessee, not only offensively, but defensively Tyler. Barron lined up inside, lined up outside. He was disruptive, moving around, rushing the passer, uh, Roman Harrison screaming off the edge, hair on fire. And this James Pierce kid, long, athletic, twitchy, flexible. He looks like he's going to turn into a really nice pass rusher for Tennessee. So now that they've got that edge presence with multiple players, and if they need to go light, they can squeeze a Tyler Baird down. Whew. I would be excited about that. I thought Tennessee's defense was flying around. I know they missed a couple of things on the back end, and there were a couple of missed assignments, got beat a few times, but the attitude, the demeanor, and the way they attacked the football was something that I would leave that game being very pleased with. Um, Arkansas takes down Western Carolina, 56-13. I thought K.J. Jefferson looked spectacular. 18-23. to There were three balls over the middle of the field. See, Well, there's a little bit of a good and bad with this. There were three balls over the middle of the field. One was a dig. One was a post. One may maybe been another dig where, I mean, he's fitting balls in very tight windows, like extremely tight windows. The accuracy was off the charts. That's the good. The bad, I want my receivers separating a little more against a team like Western Carolina. I understand beggars can't be choosers. You're completing passes, and that's a good thing. I love the way Dan Enos mixed in the quarterback runs. Almost look like they're going to a little bit of a slower mesh with K.J. Jefferson, which I like. The one where he basically ripped back from the running back and kind of spun a little bit and then ran for the touchdown. Uh, If you hadn't seen that one, it's remarkable. It's like the ball is in. The back has it. Back has it. Edge defender crashes, has the back in his arms, and KJ like rips at it back out, and then he goes and runs for a touchdown literally right where the center was lined up initially before the play began. I thought he looked fantastic. Um, I thought his reads were great. It is, I'm a little worried about how he throws the ball in the flat because uh, it's like so much of a float. It's a it's a very odd throw out into the flat. Um, that's nitpicky, but it's just weird to watch. Other than that, he was remarkable. Um and I thought the defense did some good things. Like those receivers, though, still, they made plays. Okay, so not a ton of separation, but they made plays. Jaden Wilson, Isaac Tesla, you have to be pleased with what you saw from those guys because we've heard good things through camp, and they went out and made plays. Jeff Jeffcoat, Gregory, uh, making plays up front on that defensive line, felt really good about that. Uh, Jaheim Thomas, holy hell, was this kid flying around at linebacker. Like 28 was everywhere. I mean, booking all over the place and that offensive line didn't have, they weren't at full strength. So they moved some guys around 53, had a really nice game, did some good things, guys, good power, but I, I felt all in all walked away feeling great about what I saw from Arkansas, three touchdowns, no picks for KJ rocket. Sanders wasn't in there a ton, but he did some nice things when he was. So South Carolina goes down to North Carolina 31 to 17. One of the uglier games of the weekend. And Spencer Rattler still 30 to 39, 353. No touchdowns, no picks. Xavier Leggett, nine for 178. Um, that was about it. They couldn't get to the quarterback. They didn't have any sacks. They couldn't rush the football. Uh, on, had 12 for 23. That was it. That was all the rushing yards. Actually, had negative yards because of sacks. Um, This was ugly, man. Like you could not protect the quarterback. They didn't have time to operate, manage the offense. You couldn't really run any play action off of what you wanted to do. So it was tough to get a rhythm. It was tough to put drives together because those things just weren't happening. 4-14 on third down. And and here's the weird part is like North Carolina had more turnovers and more penalties than South Carolina did. So just an ugly game all the way around. Uh, A couple of busts on the back end. Just looked a little bit lost at times, which I was surprised about because one of the things that I felt good about coming into the season, specifically with that defense, were the veterans that they had returning. And this also was not a very good North Carolina defense last year, and you couldn't take advantage of that. So there's a lot to clean up. I do think a good bit's fixable. Um, obviously, not having Juice Wells be a massive part of your game plan is something that's going to be different moving forward, and that's going to help. They got to bolster things up front, and they got to figure that out first. And if they can't get that figured out, it could be a long season with that schedule. Uh, Mercer goes down to Ole Miss seventy-three to seven. God, it's a bad box score of the day. Jackson Dart, I think he was 13 of 13 or 12 of 12 at one point. He was throwing darts early on, man. He looked poised. He looked comfortable. He looked calm. He looked confident. 334, four touchdowns, no picks. Quinshawn didn't do a ton, but man, he looks like Quinshawn Judkins looked like he was running angrier than he was last year, which is scary to think about. Trey got going a little bit. That's great news for Ole Miss fans. Um, he had a couple of catches. Uh, Trey Harris, six for 133, four touchdowns, the Louisiana Tech transfer. If you've been listening to this show, just saying, um, trig three for 44. I thought Stefan Wynn jr. Inside D tackle looked really good. This is a complicated Mercer offense and Ole Miss handled it. It was a very impressive performance on both sides of the ball. They took care of their business. Be happy about that. Be excited about that. A&M takes down New Mexico, 52 to 10. Connor Wigman. Fantastic. Five touchdown passes. Noah Thomas, three touchdown receptions. He was great. Evan Stewart whew, he looked really good one catch over the middle of the field where he puts the brakes on in very much a Rydell Anthony moment I Killyard moment putting on the brakes in the 96 sugar bowl with the and putting the Dickey right on the DB um, that was I Killyard, by the way I thought it was Rydell for a minute but I'm pretty sure it was I Killyard. he had one of those in this game and it was really impressive Layden Robinson looked like a glass eater again. The offensive line was getting a push. Multiple running backs had success. The defensive line was active. And keep in mind, I told you this New Mexico State team was going back to that full zone stuff. They had some backs that they liked the way that they run it. And the defense struggled with it early on last year against App State. Successful with it this year. So feel pretty good about that. I would feel good about how A&M handled themselves. The presentation of the offense is a little bit different. Got more people involved. Ball distribution a little bit different. Test the middle of the field. Test things vertically a lot. I liked what I saw from A&M. A lot to be excited about. Walter Nolan, Shamar Turner, I thought were really consistently active along that defensive line. And you dominate an opponent that you're supposed to dominate. Um, Kentucky was a little bit more complicated than that, but in the end, they end up dominating. They handle their business. Um, they take care of ball state. Ray Davis was great. 14 for 112. Once again, try to tell you two touchdowns. Um, Devin Leary, not super comfortable, but it's okay. It's, an, it's a new offense there. There were a couple of pressures that they didn't have the right things for. Um, I think he got a little confused in a couple of spots, but his receiver showed, I mean, Barry and Brown, with a big kick return. Dane key had a couple of big catches. It's going to be fine. I still feel really good about this team. Now, Kenneth horsey went down. You can't have that. We got, we got to have him back. We can't have offensive line injuries this early with the concerns we already had there. Uh, Trevin Wallace flying around Alex Safari flying around on defense. I tell you who I love was Khalil Sanders, 92 defensive line. Uh, we knew Deion Walker was going to be good, and he had had a big camp, and it finished the year strong last year. But Sanders, man, like he was ripping on that defensive line for Kentucky over the weekend. So he was another guy that I felt pretty good about, and I thought did some really nice things. So I, I felt good about him. Uh, but all in all, I thought the film was good. I like the new offense. Ray Davis, a great fit. And Devin Leary will grow off of some of the stuff. They're going to add so much to what they did. It's it's kind of like this Auburn offense I'm going to talk about. You can be frustrated with the lack of maybe what you saw as far as how much they mixed and matched. But it's it's what's going to be built off it and attached to it. Same thing with Alabama. Same thing with most of these offenses, really. like There's going to be so much more that is added, that's put in, that we're going to be able to see. It's going to be a lot more exciting. Um, I'm excited to tell you guys about AG one. I've been drinking AG one for a while now, uh, about two, three months ago, like first month of the summer, I decided I got to lose some weight. I got to get in shape. This is ridiculous. And I started kind of some intermittent fasting and I knew I wasn't going to have the same amount of food and I wasn't getting real healthy food. And I'm like, how can I make this easy on myself? So started taking AG one. And I knew that like a nutritional foundation could be built just off of that. So I have it every morning after the show. The first thing I do, if you asked McElroy or Damien or anybody else that works with me at Jock's, you'll go into the break room. I get the ice. I put water in there. The powder's already in. I put the scoop in before I leave the house. And I get that thing going every single morning. If we have meetings or whatever, I'm sitting there shaking it up and I'm drinking it. That's my multivitamin, my probiotic, all in one simple drink. Science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients that I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I'm probably not going to get otherwise. I'm just not. It's just not going to be something that I go out and that I get on a regular basis by myself. So with AG1, you can get all of that and you can get exactly what you need with it. So give it a shot. Go check it out. Uh, AG1.com or drink AG1.com. It is absolutely phenomenal. You will not regret it. You will not, if you, if you struggle with getting your nutrients, like I do, this is a great way to supplement it each and every day. I feel better. I feel like my digestive system is operating better. I feel like my inflammation's down, which for me is having 14 surgeries is huge. AG1 can help you go to drinkag1.com, all their social media, check them out. Give them a shot today. See how AG1 can help you. Go to drinkag1.com backslash cube. That's drinkag1.com backslash cube to check it out. AG1 works for me. It can work for you. And you can check it out now at drinkag1.com backslash C U B E. All right. Uh Auburn smashes UMass 59 to 14. The offensive line was good. I liked what I saw from them. I like what I saw from that group. Now I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you there were 95 in Nebraska. There's plenty of stuff that they missed. Um, but what I was most excited about was not the receivers, was not the quarterbacks, plural, was not the offensive line. It was that it really appeared as though you had a group that understood how an offense is supposed to operate. That is unique. That is different for this Auburn offense. There seemed to be confidence with the backs understanding how a run play is going to open up. There was confidence with the offensive line of when to peel back on a lineman or a linebacker and wall them off who to climb up to and when to climb up to that individual. So the space that was created by some of the presentation pre-snap, I think was also beneficial, but it was a strong performance either way. I thought Peyton Thorne operated the offense in a very successful manner. Again, he doesn't have a big arm. Like he's not going to make those wild throws, but the usage of Robbie Asford is what's going to separate this offense and maybe make it really, really different. I still think they need to settle in on five offensive linemen. I know they're going to go fast and I know they're going to need guys to substitute, but you got to have your core five. And I want to know who that's going to be moving forward. And we probably won't get that until Auburn travels to Texas A&M, but you know, now you have a two quarterback system, if you will, red zone quarterback for the people who say this is an issue. This is a problem. This happened with Damian Craig before I got to Auburn and Auburn would march down the field. They'd get to the 18. Damien would come in and all of a sudden here comes your shotgun sprint out. Here comes your bootlegs. Here comes all your different plays where he has the option to keep the ball and run it or he can pass it. So this is nothing new. This is, it's, it's by design. And I also like that when. When Robbie is in, it's pretty much design Q run as in we're going to add a blocker and you're going to go. There's not a lot of read. There's not a lot of weight. There's not a lot of if, ands or buts. It's let's go now and try to pick up yards. And I think those extra blockers adding the numbers is why he a couple of times went for decent runs without him being touched. Uh, I know one of the touchdown runs he was. So. All of that a positive. Uh, he only threw six passes. He was two of six. There's still some things, I think, surveying and understanding the concepts that he's not necessarily up to speed on. But Jay Fair... Um Malcolm Johnson, Shane Hooks receivers look pretty good, looked impressive. I thought the tight ends blocked really well. Fairweather didn't even make a catch. The backs ran the ball extremely well, and there's no Jarquez Hunter in the lineup. Sean Jackson is going to help this football team. He is a big bruising physical back. He was used as a lead blocker a couple of times. Uh, I think he can be a good short yardage back as well. Just getting north and south. Jeremiah Cobb did some good things. Alston obviously can be your perimeter sort of, I don't want to say scat backs. I don't think he's scared to go between the tackles, but that's where he's a little bit more effective. Um, but just the operation of all it, I thought was solid defensively. I did think guys were lost a little bit at times. Um, Eugene Asante was fantastic. Like nine was all over the place. I mean, he was hunting people down interior. Of the defensive line needs to be a little bit better. Lost contain a couple of times. Um, but all those things can be cleaned up. And it's a defense that's going to move. It's going to be a little bit of feast or famine just by how they run it. It's not going to be sort of a – it's not a defense that's going to really stand still a lot of times and just sort of play you straight up. That's not really what they're going to be. I sound like a total redneck when I just said straight up right there. I'm not sure where that came from or how that came out, but it did. So I apologize. Um, So solid win for Auburn. Feel good about it. I, I feel good about it. Um, I would be comfortable with how that thing played out and how it went. And I, you're one and oh, and now you go to Cal and see if you can win that one. So, um, I know it's a lot of Auburn fans fantasies to go undefeated this season, but fantasy football, something else that's back. Now, as the draft approaches, don't neglect like the most important draft pick of all. That's your game, balls. We all know injuries can ruin a season, so let Manscaped take care of that Reggie Bush of yours with their skin-safe technology. This should guarantee you have a smooth ride into the playoffs. The leader in below-the-waist grooming have created a championship lineup for their Performance Package 4.0. It's time for you to do the same. Join the 9 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off, plus free shipping with the code CUBE, C-U-B-E, at manscaped.com Listen, here's what you're going to have. Fourth generation trimmer, the lawnmower 4.0, also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. That's on the lawnmower. You got the weed whacker, ear and nose trimmer. That's going to be included in there. The performance package 4.0 gives you all of those ultimate flex. You can run through ear and nose hairs like Aaron Donald runs through offensive lines. The weed whacker is also waterproof, uses 9,000 RP PM motor power, 360 degree rotary dual blade system. It is going to be able to take care of everything that you need. Now remember 20% off free shipping with promo code cube, C U B E at manscape.com. Take care of yourself, clean yourself up a little bit. Don't be walking around like an orangutan, like get your, get your junk together, get cleaned up and make sure you're, you're walking around presentable. Okay. And when you're walking around, with no clothes on, you should still be presentable. Manscape.com 20% off. Promo code CUBE, C-U-B-E. Let's get back in the game. All right. Mississippi State, 48, Southeastern, Louisiana, 7. I don't know why certain people are obsessed with this under center thing. Did I say that it potentially could be a bit of a headache? I did. I won't back away from that. Um, I talked to an offensive coordinator this weekend that said, one of the things that we can't do is take snaps under center. So you know what we do? We go shotgun all the time because we can't do it. That was not Mississippi state, but that was at another school. So maybe put some of those together. Um, they were in pistol a bunch. That was a, you know, something that I, I know is a little bit different and something that they did. I think I counted like 11 plays. If you go look at plays, other things, the offensive line, here's what I loved about them there were a couple of things that they missed. There are a couple of combos that a guy left early, or maybe there was a stunt inside and guard should have stayed or center should have stayed. And they went ahead and climbed up and didn't help. And there's a little bit of leakage, but they did the shit full speed. Like that's what I really liked. Like there was not a lot of hesitation. There wasn't a lot of looking around. There wasn't a lot of, Oh, spinning back. Like they screwed something up. I mean, they went at it. So to be that aggressive with something that new was probably the biggest plus for me for this entire team outside of just getting the win. That's the most important important part uh will rogers 20 to 29 227 two touchdowns no picks i thought he was fine didn't ask him to do a ton down the field but we know he can do it if he needs to uh, i love the mike right usage man because he can't do that stuff and if you really go back and dive into it where a lot of their problems came was in the forward facing run game the read game where they're crashing the ends well why are they doing that it's the backside ends because they know he offers no run threat there. So one thing that they're going to have to do is make teams pay for that. If teams want to force Mississippi state to make a decision and Will Rogers is not really capable of keeping it, there's got to be an option over here from like an RPO or a pop perspective where they can burn people on that. They're going to have to figure out how to do a little bit of that, leak somebody out, have a slot receiver or the Mike Wright thing at least keeps you honest for some of the time while he's in the game. It's just something that I noticed from watching that film, but all in all, I thought it looked pretty good. I mean, 39 carries for 298 yards. It's freaking awesome, man. I don't care who you're playing against. fantastic. First first live game when you're running this stuff, I thought it looked really good. Um, and then I thought the linebackers were good. There was some sloppy tackling. There were some guys out of position defensively, but some of that's being over-aggressive. First game of the year. These kids can't tackle in camp like we used to, so I'm, I'm not going to get mad about some missed tackles. It's going to happen early in the season. Uh, but I thought Watson and Johnson both played pretty good at linebacker and that group's got enough veterans they'll continue to come along. I'm not worried about them at all. Solid first win because that's also an offense. It's not really designed to be a good matchup for the state defense. They want to clog everything up. They want to give you different things and cause all this confusion at the point of attack. It's a, essentially a run and shoot offense. And they had a transfer quarterback in that, that threw for a lot of yards last year and won some games. So and they won their conference last year. It's not a terrible football team. I know it's lower level, but it's not a terrible team. It's a really good win. I think for Mississippi State, 48-7. Uh Vandy takes out Alabama A&M, 47 to 13. 2-0, Vandy. Two and O, Let's go, Clark Lee. How about that? All right. What was their total? Three and a half? Like, I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about Vandy. AJ Swan, 15 to 29. Here's the thing with AJ Swan. He can change the arm angles. He can make difficult throws. He can move out of the way. He's got good escapability. But every now and then he gives you a decision and you're kind of like, what? Like, what did you see there? How did you think you were going to fit that in? Where was the possible completion on that throw? Those were my only concerns with AJ, because other than that, I think he does a lot of things really well. Um, I love his game. I love what he does. I think he's fantastic. But man, every now and then you just get one of those. Ah, uh, Like, why did you do that? Offensive line, still some breakdowns, not great. Interior, the defensive line, still pretty good. I'm gonna tell you who I like for Vanderbilt is this BJ Diakite, Diakate, D Diakate, 33. They got him listed as a safety. I don't know what he is, but he rushes the passer off the edge. He is put together well. Length, twitch, flexibility. Like he can be somebody who really helps that football team off the edge. Um, Also like McGowan, Shepard at receiver, Cedric Alexander, Patrick Smith, Gillespie at running back. Like they've got some guys that got some juice, have some guys who can go a little bit. It's just going to be getting them in space, finding ways to get them going and finding ways to keep AJ Swan inside the system. Like stay inside what we do and we'll be fine. Now, the problem down the road is going to be that they're not going to have a run game to go along with this stuff. So they're going to need to get more and more creative with some of the quick stuff. When I say quick stuff, I don't just mean throws. I mean, like a push pass, pop pass, screen game, whatever that is, like getting the ball somewhere to someone who can help you quickly is what they're going to have to figure out creative ways to do. But either way, man, you're two and oh, you got two good wins your team looked better this week than they did last week. And I think that's massive. Um, kind of like Chew can help you be massive. Uh, let's talk about, you know, doing it. You guys know what it's all about. Remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Just listen up. Go to bluechew.com, Okay. All you need to know is that you can take them anytime, day or night. You can plan ahead. Be ready whenever for when the opportunity arises. Process is simple. Sign up at com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Process is simple. Sign up at Bluetooth.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription right away. The best part is it's all online. There are no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. That's key. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. Listen, you could be missing out on the best sex of your life with Blue Chew men everywhere. Excited to see that postman because when your package has arrived, yes, your package has also arrived. So they say... First impressions are important. What about lasting impressions? We know those are more important. What you need to do now is have better sex. Blue Chew can help you do that. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. Go to BlueChew.com today for more details and important safety information. We thank Blue Chew for being a sponsor of the show. When you go, use promo code CUBE. You can try Blue Chew for free. C-U-B-E. Promo code CUBE at checkout. Pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com. Promo code CUBE, receive your first month free. All right, Blue Chew, thank you for being a sponsor of the show. Finally, LSU. It was a rough one tonight. Uh, This game was all over the place early on. Um, Fumble punts, blown coverages, like quarterback runs, fumbles, uh, interceptions, like guys turned loose, sacks. I mean, it was just, it was wild. This game had a little bit of everything. Um, but the LSU secondary struggled and we knew coming out of camp, one of LSU's big concerns was corner and secondary and Florida state had the guys to be able to take advantage of that. Keon Coleman freak show Johnny Wilson. Anybody's going to have trouble matching up with him. And the guy's six, seven, six, six. Uh, Jaheim bell showed that he can be a guy who really helps his Florida state team. I still thought Makai Wingo was great. I thought the defense played hard. I thought there were, The front seven did some really nice things at time. I did not love the usage of Harold Perkins. I thought he looked a little step slow some of the time. And I think some of that was because he was a little uncertain. And my opinion would be that he needs to be attacking. Uh, I know off the ball is great and it can help and do different things. Like even when he was a spy, I don't know if he was overly effective. Just let him go get the quarterback. Um, if you wanted to spy him and like trigger blitz him at different points in time and he gets to choose when he goes, okay, fine, go do it. Have at it. Um, but it was a tough one to watch. And, you know, LSU hung in through halftime, but second half at Florida state offense started leaning on him. Some of those gap scheme runs started going. It wasn't fit the way that it needed to be. And then it was off to the races, but I'm not going to be down on this team because this receiving group's not going to drop three or four balls. It would have been first downs or explosive plays like they did tonight. Um, I think that the offensive line's not going to have to face the pass rush that they did tonight, like guys like Jared Verse and company. So it's a tough team, man. Florida State's a national championship contender. And this happened last year, and look what LSU did. They went and won the West and put together a hell of a season. I think they can still do that. What needs to be cleaned up? Secondary, how can you offer some more help and coverage? The usage of Harold Perkins, I think that needs to be cleaned up. Um, I also think a more consistent run game that does not include the quarterback kind of needs to be cleaned up a little bit. Uh, you know, down in the red zone, you got to be able to pound the football. And LSU had what, like six plays inside the five and couldn't get it in? That needs to be a little bit different, especially with that offensive line, man. We thought they were going to be able to lead on that group, and they didn't really lead on that group a whole lot. So I was a little bit surprised by that. I'm never surprised by prize picks. It's the most fun that I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You select two or more players, pick more or less in their projected stats, and then you place your entries. Listen, prize picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks, submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. This week on prize picks, I'm going to select multiple players, multiple stat lines, and be able to go in there extremely quick. You can offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this entire football season. Now, listen, my personal endorsement is that you go to prizepicks.com, you check out exactly what you need to do, slash cube, C-U-B-E, use promo code cube for your first deposit and get it matched up to $100. You guys know you want to play. Why would you not want an extra 100 bucks to be able to play with? prizepicks.com backslash cube, C-U-B-E, use promo code cube, first deposit matched up to $100. I'm gonna give it to you one more time. prizepicks.com backslash cube, use promo code cube, get that first deposit matched up to $100. You can test your skills in this football season, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you've got the skills, you can turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks with just a few clicks. So go to prizepix.com, backslash cube, to play and have all your fun, fantasy football and more this football season. All right, so there it is, week one. Right out of the gate. A lot of good. A couple bad. Unfortunately, some of the big games for the SEC did not go well. Remember, it's still week one. If you're watching this on YouTube, please go down and click subscribe. We're almost at 5,000. I think we're close to hitting 5,000. Season's here. We thought we were going to get it before. I don't know if we did or not, but I really appreciate you guys. A lot of you guys I saw in Tuscaloosa had great things to say about the pod, said you enjoyed it. I'm sorry for you guys whose schedule is to get this thing out on Sundays and then you barbecue and listen to it. Every other Sunday, we're going to be trying to get it out. But I will ask you this. Please be patient with me because I'm going to be flying to Charlotte every Sunday uh, to do the show on Monday night. So it's going to be some long weekends. It's going to be a little complicated, but we'll try to get this done for you. Once we get into conference games, it'll be a little bit easier. Another great round of games coming up next weekend. Bama, Texas, man. That's going to be a lot of fun. I think Arizona, Mississippi State is going to be fun. So we get the next wave of college football games and SEC games. And we're going to be with you each and every Sunday, even though I know you're getting this one on Monday Monday. So we appreciate your time. Appreciate you sticking around. Now, also go Twitter, Instagram, at Cube Show. Follow us there and go check out all of our sponsors that we mentioned today. That's the way that we can keep this thing going. And we want to do it for you. Thank you very much. We're back next week right here on Cube Show.